Welcome to the Becca and Kate podcast. We are two friends who desire to build a community of women. We want to encourage, equip, and remind that we aren't meant to be alone in our joys, burdens, and struggles. Good evening, everyone. Becca and Kate here, and we are so excited to have you join us this week on the Becca and Kate podcast. Yep. <laughs> Hello. <We> are... <laughs> Becca, how are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We are once again recording in two different locations because Becca's not back yet, you guys. <laughs> She's not back in Spokane. <laughs> living my life. <laughs> She's living her life. And where are you currently? We are in Louisiana, about an hour outside of New Orleans. So so fun. Yeah. And you're how how long? How many months into your guys's RV adventure are you? Two, almost two and a half months. That's so crazy. I know. Yeah, because it was right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was right? like a week before Thanksgiving that we left. Oh, that's right. Because uh, yeah, well, from here and then you went to Yakima. Yeah. yeah. So if you count from Spokane, we've been gone away from Spokane for two and a half months. Yeah. So crazy. So crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, we are recording remotely. We are continuing to work out kinks every time we record. So <laughs> um, we're getting there, guys. Luckily, our husbands are helpful and patient. Yes. And give us technical guidance because Tech savvy. Like, we've set... Yes, we've said it before and we'll say it again. <laughs> that is not our strong suit. <laughs> no, and we're learning. <laughs> we are learning. Um, and this week, we are so excited to talk about a topic that is a hard topic. It's a um, a triggering topic, I feel like, for some people. Yeah. But it's something that we've both struggled with, is uh, close to our hearts, and something that we would just love to have an open conversation with each other for you guys to kind of hear a perspective. So we're going to be talking about anxiety this week. Yes. Yep. And all the things that surround that. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Um, yeah, I guess, man, I mean, we've both have dealt with it and mm-hmm. probably still at times do, do uh, deal with it, I would say. Yeah. Um. And we just want to be able to, yeah, share our stories and just kind of help you guys in the best way that we can. We're not professionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we are just here to kind of talk about it. So, yeah. And I think mainly just to remind women and moms and wives and whoever it is that's listening to this, that you aren't alone in yeah. having those feelings. And, I think so, so many times we can, we can feel that way. So yeah, before we jump in, we'll do a drink, a drink of the night. <laughs> Becca, what are you drinking? It looks oh real gosh. wild. Okay. Well, I know it's real wild. It's, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am drinking water, but wow. Michael bought this. Um, I'm going to botch it because I don't know. He bought a cinnamon, no, a honey cognac, cognac, Ooh. however you say it. It's a whiskey. And I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but I think it's made from grapes, right? Is cognac made from grapes? Do you know? No clue. 
<laughs> Michael would know. Anyway, it's the first time I've tried whiskey that I didn't feel like I was going to barf. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I was actually able to take like three sips and not feel like, oh, this is the most nasty thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> Making strides. <laughs> Making strides. But he did say, he's like, if you were to ever drink whiskey, this would probably be the best one for you because it's yeah. smooth and it tastes like a dessert. So that's probably why I like Ooh, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jason I didn't like a couple, it, but but you didn't gag. I didn't gag, so <laughs> there's that. Yeah, Jason has a couple sweet whiskeys that I'm like, oh, this tastes like dessert. Yeah, this would be very, very easily, very easy to drink. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, I am drink- burn. It doesn't so, burn. Yeah, yeah. And I'm drinking a cherry bubbly sparkling water. Mm. So not very exciting either. But I'm trying to be on that like lower. No, I don't want to say low carb because it's not low carb. I'm just trying not to, you know, consume a lot after certain times. Mm, yeah. So I'm sticking. I, I wasn't going to go plain water because I wanted to be a little fancy. <laughs> so I'm drinking cherry bubbly sparkling water. They do but taste good. I just can't do carbonated do. drinks. Yeah. Just... I'm thinking as I'm drinking this, having carbonation and then having to talk is probably not <laughs> the best idea. So hopefully I don't like burp on here. <laughs> <laughs> yes because <laughs> that's what i would be doing <laughs> yeah yeah i'll just be holding it back but yeah it's fine i can i can i can manage for 30 minutes right yeah so for sure anyways well we will get into this topic and we just we would love as you get ready to listen to this podcast that you would just um i don't know take a deep breath i felt leading up to becca and i recording tonight i felt super stressed and and anxious and annoyed the last probably two hours. And I had to have this moment of like, why am I all of a sudden feeling so annoyed, so stressed, just this kind of pit in my stomach. And then I was kind of took, took a minute after dinner and I was like, what's my problem? And then it dawned on me like, Oh, we're talking about something that that's hard. And Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes, um, yeah, just take a breath and not pray our, our, Yeah. And I, I think our prayer, like we said, is for people to feel not alone and feel Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more understood in things that they're going through and things that they're struggling with. So, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the first things, um, kind of what we want to say is why we're talking about this. We kind of hit on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but Becca, would you just speak to that a little bit about, kind of a little bit more about our hearts, our hearts on this and why we wanted to talk about it? Um, uh, like you said, it's not a topic that is often talked about. And I feel like people almost feel, I don't, I don't want to say guilty is the right word, but they almost feel ashamed when they have anxiety. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, why would I have anxiety? You know, like what's yeah. wrong with me? I would, say yeah. it's probably one of the first things that people think like what is wrong with me why yeah. do I have anxiety like I should be able to handle all this going on in my life right because mm-hmm. that's I think yeah. I feel like that's the pressure nowadays is like how much can you put on your plate like yeah yeah right just I I can be superwoman I can do it all yeah and with no all, consequences yeah in all reality mm-hmm. we cannot and um when we can come to that realization and know the effects that it has on our body when we, you know, 
try to do everything and try and do it on mm-hmm. our own and um, don't allow help or, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you need to see counselor and you don't see a counselor, like things like that when we don't get it taken care of. It just continues to get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think something I've I've learned too, probably in the last couple years, was the effects that not only anxiety can have on me mentally, but physically what it does to my body. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not even realizing that that was a thing. Yeah. Because no one, I mean, people I, that I had talked to in the past never really correlated those two. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, oh, my body's reacting, not because I'm XYZ, but it's because anxi- it's a- attacking my body. Yeah. <laughs> like, I physically feel like this because I am riddled with anxiety Mm -hmm. and your body's always in that fight or flight mode yeah and at some point your body's just gonna stay there and it's it's gets harder to get out of that yeah definitely don't take care of it so yeah yes yeah man how would you say when when would you say the first time you could tangibly say you felt like either an anxiety attack, a panic attack, just that overwhelming, just that wave of anxiety. Is that something more recent? Is that something you feel like you've oh, man. dealt with <clears throat> in your younger years? No. And I think my personality has a lot to do with it too. I am mm-hmm. more of a like a people pleaser person and yeah. I don't like conflict. And if there's conflict that I like I just shy away like I don't want someone to be mad at me (laughs) yeah so just all of that you know being that ever since I was a child and then you know into my adult years obviously and I feel like I've gotten Mm -hmm. better at it and realizing I can't you know do that I can't yeah I can't always please everybody and um I would say probably I started to feel anxiousness when we moved to Spokane mm-hmm. and um it wasn't like living in Spokane it was more of I would get anxious when we would go back to Yakima and I didn't want to disappoint anyone because I knew we had a lot of family to see and I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings if we didn't see everybody. So I feel like that's kind of where it started. Um, And I, I feel like at that point, I mean, not everyone knows my story, but when we lost Poet, I feel like my body was, and having more kids, I -hmm. was always in not always, but a lot of times just in that fear mindset and anxious with my children, like not wanting Mm -hmm. bad things to happen to them, you know, so that adding on to, oh, like we're living in another town and just, yeah, I feel like so many changes all at once. Yeah. So many changes all at once. Um, and I mean, it, it, um, it got better, I would say. And then probably within the last couple years, um, it just progressively got really bad. Um, yeah. And I ended up going to the hospital two different times for it. And the last time was the worst. 
And I, yeah. it was just probably the scariest for me. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is not, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. This cannot be good for my body. So. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I would say not until recently, I, I really understood what, uh, like a true anxiety was. Mm-hmm. I, I, in the past in high school, I had a panic attack once. And I did. My mom took me to the emergency room because I felt like I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And up until recently, I felt like a lot of my anxiety was situational. Mm-hmm. Like if there was something big going on, I would be anxious about it. Yeah. But not until probably the last year and a half, I really... Um, and, and honestly, as I'm, as we're having this conversation, I'm like, I think maybe my mind blocked out a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of the thoughts and emotions and anxiety that I felt in the past, because when I've, when I've, the anxiety I've dealt with in the last year and a half, they were all very familiar feelings, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I could tell, like I have felt this way before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know exactly when that was or exactly why that was. Yeah. And it was almost like this familiar feeling that it's, it almost sucks. I yeah. mean, it does suck. It does suck that, yeah. that, that that anxious feeling is just, it doesn't necessarily stand out, but it just becomes, oh, this is a familiar feeling. Uh-huh. And I don't know exactly why I had it or what was causing it in the past, but this is a very familiar feeling. Yeah. Did you, when you, that happened, was it a conversation that you and your parents talked about? Like, did they, did you open up to them or did they reach out and um, kind of say, hey, what's going on? With my mom, I was always very open with my mom. Mm-hmm. And the the panic attack that I had in high school was very situational. It was... Um, it was very, something happened that caused me to have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And so we did talk about it. I feel like my mom was, my mom was always, was, was always very open, Mm -hmm. um, about talking about it. Cause she, she had, she, she dealt with it Yeah, and, um, off and on. I mean, it wasn't something that was a steady in her life, but I would say off and on she dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So she knew what it felt like. And we did have conversations about it. And so that was very comforting because I Mm -hmm. think in the moment, up until that point, we hadn't really talked about it. Yeah. In the moment though, when it's happening and you're, I was probably 16 and I was like, what in the world? (laughs) Yeah. What is going on? So it was so helpful and comforting having my mom be like, um, naming it, Mm -hmm. being able to name like, this is what it is that that's going on in your body. Yeah. Um, not judging me for it. Yeah. And then being able to kind of talk me off the ledge Mm -hmm. of what was going on. But I don't remember other than that, having a lot of conversations about it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, it probably too, I mean, back then, like how many parents thought of maybe I should get my kid into counseling. (laughs) Yeah. Right? It probably wasn't yeah. like a huge deal. <clears throat> no. When we and it was something and I think from for me at the at the time looking back, I'm like it was trivial. In mm-hmm. in hind in, in hindsight, looking back. 
in the moment though, it was so earth shattering in my mind. And I remember when I went to the hospital and they kind of realized, okay, this, she's having a panic attack. I could kind of identify what I thought was causing it. And they had me talk to a counselor there. And that was super helpful Mm -hmm. to have for me. And we, we didn't continue it because whether I didn't feel I needed it, I'm sure financially it wasn't something that my mom was like, let's spend all this money for, yeah, you know, f- for this. Cause it mm-hmm. wasn't probably as common. Yeah. But it just, that was almost that first like insight to what those feelings are. Yeah. And then over the years just kind of evolved and ebbed and flowed, whether it was circumstantial having kids and all of the anxiety and stress inducing that causes mm-hmm. or moves or changes or loss hormones hormones. hormones yes yeah. hormones are such play such a big role in that mm-hmm. and it's just something that i think especially as a new mom i don't think i talk to a lot with people about mm-hmm. i would say not until recent i mean really not until I had people that I felt really close with and really safe with that I've had these conversations with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it took me a long time to talk about it really because I, like I said before, like, nope, I can do all this. I am yeah. totally good. <laughs> like I yeah. can conquer the world on my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. And really it was just doing more harm than good yeah so and it just took me a long time to realize that so yeah I think for a long time too I would almost feel guilty when I was anxious Mm -hmm. because in my mind it was this what do I have to what do I have to be stressed about yeah we have a home we have healthy children Mm -hmm. we have you know we have uh financial resources like I should not be this stressed over things. So it was yeah. almost this guilt of I can't, I can't tell people I'm I'm stressed or I'm I'm having really bad anxiety because yeah. what do I really have to be stressed about? Mm-hmm. Or at least I assume that's what people's reaction would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy because um, if you look at it now, like the percentage of people that have anxiety and stress now mm-hmm. is got to be through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just wonder like what the percentage is, you know, now versus when we were yeah. younger. Yeah. And or I at mean, least what people are talking about. Cause you think about how taboo we think it is. Mm-hmm. Think about like our, our parents' generation. Yeah. And generations before them. Mm-hmm how hard it must have been to even bring up the subject. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Now, one thing I think we've, we've had conversations about um, is the conversations maybe we had or didn't have with our parents about these emotions, mm-hmm. how we want to change that for our kids. Yeah. And how can we have conversations with our kids and help them recognize and identify these, those of all these emotions mm-hmm. before yeah. they're, you know, <clears throat> 10, 12, 16 in their room having a panic attack that they don't even know is a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's crazy. So I, I told you about this book that I'm reading. It's called mm-hmm. Barefoot and Balanced. Mm-hmm. And it's um, this pediatrician who started doing studies on kids. And um, she started um, interviewing teachers who have been teaching for the last 30 years, right? And mm-hmm. um, she's also been doing research on um, her kids or the kids that would come into her clinics. And um, <clears throat> I won't like obviously talk about it long because it's very long, but um, she noticed that kids now versus kids 30 years ago, um, like kids in preschool and kindergarten and on up, she's finding kids at a younger age are becoming more anxious, more angry, mm-hmm. more stressed. Um, they're having more sensory issues. Um, there's just way more problems going on in our kids lives now than before and um she was talking about how uh things have changed um in our lives how um like not only are kids you know going to school all day they have you know planned uh teams that they're on whether it's soccer Mm -hmm. volleyball football they also have hours of homework at night, weekends they have games, like their schedule from morning to night is just constant. And how yeah. um uh she talked about how the government they um they wanted the kids to succeed more so they started taking away free play from kids. So kids recesses started going from an hour down to 15 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the teachers had noticed that once they started taking away more free time, the kids became um more angry with other kids on the playgrounds. Yeah. They were being bullies to other kids. Mm-hmm. Um just lots of these studies going on, but they had talked about like our kids don't have as much freedom as they used to to yeah. be able to go out and learn on their own and um, you know, make mistakes and yada yada, all this stuff. So she's yeah. like, I am just seeing kids in preschool that hate school. She's like that Yeah was never a thing because so many high standards are now being put on our kids and they're not allowed these freedoms anymore. So it's like, how can we as parents, whether you're homeschooled or in public school or private school, how can we help our kids not to get to that point? You know, like how can we help them? Because at some point they're going to hit, um, anxiety. Right. And we want them to not have to get, to that point of like yeah. having to, you know, deal with the anxiety that they're having. So it yeah. was just a really interesting book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just so crazy. There's a lot more to the book and it's really, yeah, really good. But I just thought of that like, yeah, I mean, so many more kids younger and younger are dealing with anxiety and stress. And it's like, oh, you're five, like you're seven, yeah. like what? You have- <laughs> No reason. This is yeah. crazy. Or you shouldn't have a reason. Well, I think that kind of speaks to what what is in our sphere of influence that's adding to anxiety, what's in our children's mm-hmm. in- sphere of influence that's anxi- adding to their anxiety, yeah. and how can we uh, find things that add to our peace versus mm-hmm. adding to our anxiety. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I know for my kids, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot, when our kids have very busy weeks, mm-hmm. they are a mess yeah 
because they do, they feel that they have to perform, they have to do well. Mm-hmm. All of my kids, I would say are, are to agree. They want to do well. They want to, they want to succeed. They want mm-hmm. to exceed expectations yeah. in specific areas. And I think for them, I mean, when they, yeah, when they have a very full schedule, when mm-hmm. we have a full schedule as a family, it's usually never good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like as far as like that, what it does, what it does to the, the tone of our home, the emotions mm-hmm. of our home, how our kids do. And in the midst of it, it's very easy to just kind of look past it and be like, oh, they're just X, Y, Z, or they're being disobedient because of this. But in reality, when you look at the heart issue behind it, mm-hmm. well, no, it's because they're really feeling really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They haven't had freedom to just go, um, go have fun and go mm-hmm. do what they spend time doing what they want to do. Yeah. They've had to be, be on this rigorous schedule. I mm-hmm. feel like this is something we could probably do a whole podcast yeah, <laughs> episode on real. of that <laughs> because it's so, I mean, it's just so relevant. Yeah. What would you say, Becca, have you found things that you um, have around you that either add to your anxiety versus adding to your peace? <laughs> like, have you gotten to the point where you can almost like identify those things? Um, yeah, I would say it's just being busy all the time. Like when, yeah, obviously now we're on the road. <clears throat> and so our mm-hmm. life is just way different than it was. Yeah, But I mean, even though we were homeschooling, like we still had a lot going on between yeah. school and sports, like each of our girls, you know, we had two nights of soccer, two nights of ballet, one night of community group, and then we'd have, you know, soccer games and ballet recitals. And so yeah. <clears throat> there was just something always going on and it was just always nonstop mode. And mm-hmm. um, just being in that just type of lifestyle was exhausting and a yeah. lot of it was just causing you know me to feel panicked like I have too much going on like I can't yeah I can't handle this anymore yeah so yeah I think when we first moved from Spokane to Boise um gosh six years ago that first year of us living there I think was I look back on and it being one of the just sweetest and almost healthy times for our family yeah. because we had no obligations. We mm-hmm. moved to a city where we didn't know anybody. Yeah. We weren't involved in anything mm-hmm. and not saying that those are bad things, Yeah, but we didn't have an overpacked schedule that mm-hmm. caused us to feel anxious, caused us to have expectations on ourselves that actually weren't realistic. Yeah. And just being able to like pull back from just we we had nothing else to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just didn't be with have, each other. You know, we could just be with each other, which had its, had its pros and cons. But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, and just knowing that, and we've we've been cautious as we've been back in Spokane to not overextend ourselves because we understand the pressure that puts on all of us, not just Jason and I, but mm-hmm. on our kids as well. Yeah, and them. Uh, our, our boys are homebodies. They love being home. Mm-hmm. So for them having something multiple nights a week or us being gone multiple nights a week, 
it adds to their mental state in such a drastic way. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm an extrovert. So I'm like, I want to do the things. I want to <laughs> yeah. see the people. I want to spend time with the people. Uh-huh. And having to, at, at t- and I don't do it well all the time because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, we're doing this because <laughs> I'm put, I want to do this. But I want being to. able to, <laughs> I want to, being able to recognize that if we put our kids in a position to where they're always constantly going, 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 mm-hmm. it increases their stress. It increases their anxiety yeah. and it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, I loved this sermon. Well, we went, I told you this too, but um, <laughs> when we went to Craig Rochelle's main campus, mm-hmm. um, we got to hear him a couple weeks in a row and he, his, his sermon was on pre-deciding and uh-huh. um. I felt like what he talked about could be used in like every area of your life. And he talked about um, just pre-deciding, you know, um, being tempted and sim. Like how often do we ride that line of, oh, we are right here and sin is literally on the other side. And he's like, what we need to do is we need to pre-decide. We need to move that line about five steps back. So there's yeah. that big gap and we are already deciding like, nope, this is what I'm going to do, this, this, and mm-hmm. this to keep myself from going those five extra steps to getting to that actual line. And I loved yeah. it because I'm like, we honestly, you could do that with everything. Like you could do yeah. that, you know, with your family life, where, what's the line, you know, for us yeah. to feel like, oh my gosh, we are now overwhelmed. Okay. We need to take it back five steps we need to remove something out of our you know out of our day so that we don't Mm -hmm. feel like this so yeah I just I loved that and I'm like yeah that's that's really good because it's so easy I mean for me I'm like a yes person yes yes (laughs) I'm gonna say yes to everything (laughs) if you invite Rebecca and I to anything unless come hell or high water we will say yes yes we will be there we will be there Even if when it's I at midnight. Being able to, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think being able to, I like that pre-deciding, like if we know what our triggers are, like I would uh-huh. say for me, something that's been so hard for me um, in the last year and a half since I, I lost both my parents. And I don't know if I've t- touched on this at all um, in this, but for those of you that don't know, I lost both my parents very unexpectedly at the end of last year. Um, and since then I've anytime my kids are away from me anytime Jason's away from me I have this anxiety that just washes over me that Mm -hmm. something is going to happen yeah something we we just it was losing my parents was so was very out of the blue very unexpected and so that's been a situation that I has caused me and it could be there at school If Mm -hmm. Jason has, and it's not even that they're far away from me. It's Mm -hmm. anytime they're away from me, or even if Jason takes all the kids to do something or one of the kids, Mm -hmm. I have this overwhelming just anxiety that something is going to happen. And so knowing now that to almost preemptively uh, just, I know what my prayers need to be. Mm -hmm. And... I know almost how to, 
Um, not that I can s- stop those situations. My kids yeah. are going to be away from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I relish the times that my kids, like I enjoy having time away from my kids. I enjoy mm-hmm. having time for myself. I enjoy having time with my husband, with my friends, but almost uh, pre, pre-gaming and being able to know what my prayers need to be leading mm-hmm. up to that, to yeah. where it doesn't spiral. Yeah. To a point to where I can't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's or, you've already uh, experienced one of the worst things that you can possibly experience. Yeah. So now it's like, how do I keep my mind from thinking Yeah. even more worse thoughts that could possibly yeah. happen to people that you love? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, it's, and, 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 and then counseling. I mean, I think that's something that, um, can be so valuable, mm-hmm. um, and not talked about a lot or a taboo subject. And, um, yeah, I think just knowing if you can, and you can't always pinpoint what it is that, mm-hmm. you know, we've probably all been in seasons where we can't pinpoint what's making us, us anxious. Mm-hmm which is almost more maddening because I've had conversations <laughs> until I could pinpoint that it was, um, the f- fear for my kids mm-hmm. was what was making me anxious. My, my husband would ask like, what, well, what are you anxious about? And it was just like, I have no clue. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm anxious about, but I know this pit in my feeling, um, and my chest and my mind is breaking me. Yeah. Mm hmm. And so I think just um, when you can pinpoint it and you can name it and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think having people that you can confide in and talk to mm-hmm. is yeah. huge. Why, why do you think, and I, I, there's probably lots of, there's lots of layers to this, but why do you think it's been considered taboo to talk about anxiety? And depression for that matter. I mean, just all of that, just that whole, the whole mental health conversation. Yeah. I feel like has been so taboo to talk about. I think if you look back generations, like our grandparents' Mm -hmm. generation, it used to Mm -hmm. not be okay to talk about things like that. Like, no, we don't talk about that stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's something Yeah, we're fine. If you have those problems, you deal with it on your own. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, as we've gone along and now we have, you know, things like Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. you name it, all the social media, like, you know, what what majority of posts you see, like everyone's perfect life, like my yeah. perfect home, my perfect kids, my perfect yeah. husband, you name it, like life is hunky-dory and there's nothing wrong whatsoever. So you look at all that and your parents never most parents probably never really, you know, had those conversations with you about anxiety and then add social media to that. Yeah. And then just this feeling of like, no, I don't need help. I can do it on my own. So it just has, you know, stacked up. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, I mean, I would say within the last six months I feel like more and more people are starting to talk about it yeah a little bit longer but I would say um yeah people are way more open to these types of conversations 
yeah. um, now than they ever have been. And I think people are just realizing it's a big problem. And yeah, when I think there's talked about, yeah. And having the openness, like hearing other people talk about it obviously makes you feel more comfortable talking about it and knowing mm-hmm. that what works for someone may not work for you or yeah. knowing mm-hmm. that it's not just like this cookie cutter, like we'll do this and it's going to help. There are tools that we can all take away from conversations of things mm-hmm. that can help lower our anxiety. But I think that was something that, um, I think for a long time I, and this was self-imposed. I don't think this was maybe sub maybe this was someone had said something to me in the past that made me feel this way. But I think as a Christian, as a young, when I was a young Christian early on in my faith, I had this thought of, um, do not, I, when I would feel those moments of anxiety, the verse Mm -hmm. of do not, don't be, do not be anxious about anything. Um, but by prayer and petition and so on and so on. And so it would Mm -hmm. be this guilt of, well, I like, I shouldn't be anxious because the Bible tells me not to be. Mm-hmm. And not that that's true thinking or that is, I, I mean, I can't pinpoint some, someone saying something to me that made me think that, but it was just mm-hmm. this almost like subconscious feeling like I can't have these conversations because I shouldn't be anxious about this. If I give it over to God, he should, he should free me from this. And if he yeah. doesn't, then it's a me thing. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I've had conversations with people in the past of almost that stigma of in the church, it's not talked about a ton mm-hmm. oh, up until recently. So, some churches, you know, shy away from it. Some churches really embrace it. Um, mm-hmm. And we had our pastor in California really struggles, has struggled with anxiety for a year and he was so open about it. And that just helped me feel free from like the self-imposed, Mm-hmm. shame I felt because of it yeah mm-hmm. and feeling like if God doesn't free me from this it's because I'm doing something wrong yeah when that's not the case mm-hmm. um and just a real you know what <laughs> <laughs> I won't say the oh word, man <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, and I think what you said as far as like the un uh, us looking to social media, I would say for me, that's something that definitely adds to my anxiety and rarely adds to my peace. Mm-hmm. And I think probably in the last six to nine months, I've done a huge purging of things that I allow on my social media, as far as who I follow, what I follow, who mm-hmm. I, you know, allow to take my time when I'm on the apps. And that's been so huge to f- purge some of those mm-hmm. things that I knew were not adding to my peace. Yeah. And they well, were causing me anxiety. To, I, I think this is actually a great feature. <laughs> now I'm talking about Apple phones, iPhones. But the iPhone has, have you seen the feature of screen time? Mm-hmm. And you can choose yeah. like, okay, when I have had 20 minutes of Instagram, you it turns off. Yeah. I'm like that's actually really, that's really good. Especially not everyone has um not free will, but like strong will discipline to yeah. be like, I've, I've scrolled for 20 minutes. I need to turn yeah. it off. <laughs> I, I scrolled for an hour. For me. I, know. 
<laughs> so I, I feel like that is definitely something that can help yeah. people in general. Like, okay, I don't need to be spending two hours. Like, this is doing nothing yeah. <laughs> for me. This is just adding to my stress. Yes. So. <clears throat> yeah. Things like um, that that we can, yeah, eliminate the things that are adding to our anxiety when possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some things you can't. Like, I can't stop my kids from leaving the house. I can't, (laughs) I can't not ever leave the house without my kids. So what, what then can I do to prepare my heart and prepare my mind to go into those situations? Yeah. Yeah. And just being cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, what have you found helps, um, you when you feel anxious? Like, have you found ways of dealing with it or not getting Um, to that point? I think for me, it's weird. And I wish I could explain it. And I know everyone experiences it differently. Mm-hmm. But when I feel myself getting anxious, I almost feel like in order for me to come off of it, I have to allow it in a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if I, yeah. I, I try and think about it as like a um, being on a being on a ride, like it's this ride. Yeah. And in order to get to get off, get off of it, I almost have to, I have to ride the wave a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have to allow it in a little bit or else my mind Mm -hmm. then gets anxious trying to keep those thoughts out. If that makes sense. If it's like, you're almost thinking, it's like when you're trying to go to sleep and you say, you know, okay, I have to get up early. If I go to sleep right now, I'll get five hours of sleep. Okay, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And then you look and you're like, okay, if I go to sleep right now, I'm going to get four hours of sleep. It almost, yeah, it for uh-huh. me, it just makes it worse to where if I try and force myself not to have those thoughts, then mm-hmm. I'm being anxious about forcing myself to not have those thoughts. Yeah. So I almost have, I have this um, almost, uh, I don't know, uh, r- routine. I don't it's routine. I don't know if that's the right word for this, but I can usually feel it coming on and it's almost like this wave that starts like coming up through my chest Mm -hmm. and I have to almost let it get to my head Mm -hmm. and then I can let it pass. Yeah. And that sounds, I don't think I've ever like described to anybody what, you know, for me, how I try and like relate those feelings or how to put words to those feelings, but I almost have to give way to it a little bit to be able to come down off of it. Mm-hmm. And usually yep. as I'm coming through that, it's I'm praying. Because when you fight it, it gets worse. Yes. When I fight it, it gets worse. So yep. for me, it's praying. For me, it's putting on um, worship music or it's me mm-hmm. putting on like a song that I know is almost going to distract me mm-hmm. and get me out of that cycle. Yeah. Sometimes it's me putting on... Taylor Swift. Okay, guys. <laughs> if I put on the 10 minute version of All Too Well, usually by the end of the song, I've worked it out in my head and I've kind of come off of that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. What about you? What are what have what are some things that you found have kind of helped? Um well, besides not getting to that point (laughs) yeah yeah that's ideal (laughs) that's ideal um for me my anxiety doesn't hit until nighttime so um usually at that point it's 
like, you know, getting me up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. I'm not sleeping. So for me, I've had to find supplements to help me. Yeah. Help my cortisol levels not be so spiked at night. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Taking um, a couple of different doses of things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. So I I have quite a few different things that I take um, just to help me with that. So. Yeah. Which is another thing that I think needs to be normalized. Like. Yeah. I mean, some people you cannot you can't um, talk yourself out of it sometimes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it means you're talking to a counselor or a therapist or you um, find supplements or medication that kind of helps you through those times. And Mm -hmm. um, I think something you're a huge advocate for Becca is your hormones and the, what that plays into um, just how, how much that affects us and we don't even realize it and how much it can be affecting our mm-hmm. our um our anxiety and our stress and our depression yep. and just yep. the importance of taking care of that as well mm-hmm. but, for sure hormones yeah. is a we'll have to talk on that one too yeah <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is giving us lots of future topics because we realize oh this cannot all be uh, put into a, well, we're past 30 minutes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> into a 40 minute podcast. So, yeah. um, yep. but I think, I think for us, we just want to encourage so many you mamas out there that mm-hmm. being, I don't want to say it. I mean, let me backtrack. It is, you are not alone. And yeah, even though you may not think you know anybody that's dealing with it, Mm-hmm. statistics show that you have people in your circle that are struggling with the same things. Yeah. And it is okay to feel anxious and it is, um, not a shameful feeling. And we just encourage you to find people around you that you can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's yes. another thing. I feel like when I share with, uh, some of my closest friends when I'm struggling with that, even just speaking those words out loud can be mm-hmm. such a release for me. Yeah. Yes, it can be. Yeah. And also, too, like, I mean, finding those friends that push you and say, you know what, like, I need you to help me to get a counselor. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Because oftentimes Uh, (laughs) it's like, I know I need a counselor, but I just don't want to do it. And finding those friends that saying, okay, you have one week to book an appointment or just something like that. Because sometimes it just takes someone that little extra push is what you need. And that was it for me. I, it took (laughs) Rebecca and our friend Sarah and Emily have asked countless times if I have. And finally I did. I mean, it's booked out quite a way, so it'll be a while before I (laughs) go talk to her. But just having that, that, yeah, that accountability of Mm -hmm. holding you to what's going to be healthy for you. Yeah. And there's so many, it's crazy. Um, I have a friend who is a pastor and um he actually uses an online counselor so mm-hmm. you can live anywhere and it doesn't have to be someone that you have to see but he does zoom calls with him and he can meet with him more frequently and it's there are options out yeah. there if like yeah. you just don't have someone that is in your area that there's no counseling because i feel like that's also another problem is people are having a hard time finding counselors right yeah. now 
Yeah. With the bill are options. Yeah. Like I feel like everyone's seeing counselors right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this pandemic <laughs> has pushed us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brought everything to the surface. <laughs> it has. That's uh, for sure. So there are like options yes. out there, you know, yeah. for counseling, but yeah, definitely just know that it's, it's not a bad thing to see a counselor. We, no. we could all use it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, this was so just Becca and I are on FaceTime right now doing this. Yay. So it's so nice to see Becca's face, <laughs> even though we're not in the same room, um, we can see each other's faces. So it felt closer like we were sitting in the room having a conversation yeah. with each other which was so nice and yeah being able to just share hearts with you guys and encourage you guys to seek the things that add to your peace and not add to um your anxiety so mm-hmm. yep we hope you guys feel encouraged and we hope you guys i mean if nothing else that you guys can say i know what that feels like Yes. And find people yeah. who you can have that conversation of, I know what that feels like. So, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys have a good night. Yes. It is chilly here in Spokane, warmer where Becca's oh at. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We got a nice day today. It <laughs> oh. was, I mean, it was 66. I th- feel like the one thing we've been fighting this entire trip has been wind. Like, yeah, we've had maybe like five or six days of weather that's actually been like t-shirt weather other than that we've been wearing like our winter coats everywhere (laughs) oh my gosh but no matter what it's just windy everywhere which makes it you know that much colder but I'm like you know what it's 66 we went and sat out on (laughs) these lawn chairs even in the wind and the kids played on the on the um sand so yeah whatever (laughs) I will take it so but we hope you have it guys have a good night and we just thank you guys for joining us and encouraging us on this fun podcasting journey we're on and we will see you guys next time